the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I thought about what it would be like if I didn't obey my mother growing up. Would I have turned out to be the wonderful person that I am? Did I just call myself wonderful? Somewhat. The thing is, most of us think of ourselves more than what we are. It's subconscious behavior. You won't say it, you won't admit it, and you won't tell anybody. But you think you're pretty good at what you do in life, whatever it is. Hey, it might be washing the car, washing a car. Some people think they're the greatest detailer out there ever and that they could put another business out of business because they're so detailed at what they do. Well, that's just a pastime and you need to wash your car on the weekend. That's not necessarily your calling or the greatest thing ever that you can do. Some people, on the other hand, do realize that they aren't so great at things and they're looking for affirmation for someone to say, hey, you're doing a great job. Well, if you're a caregiver like me, that's probably not going to happen. Because why? Most people don't know what you do. And most of all, this is going to sound kind of contradictory. They don't care. Yes, most people don't care what the caregiver has to do. (gasps) Really? Yes. See, on carrying the burden, it's not just about being a caregiver. I keep telling everyone, just like these women I met in the store, You're having a conversation with me. Apparently, you care about what we're discussing. Anytime you take interest in anything from politics to religion to cooking to sports, you care. And does that make you a caregiver of sports? Uh, Yes, actually, it does. So when you're watching baseball, football, soccer, goal, yeah, all that good stuff, it is a matter of how much do you care Have you ever evaluated how much care you put into your job, into your family, into cleaning? Yes. Even into shopping? Oh, yes. I don't know about you, but I actually have a whole plan when I shop. I route out where I'm going. I determine how much money I'm going to spend. Well, we know how that goes, right? And then I say, hmm, do I really need that? And once I get to the store, although I have the discipline at home, Well, it becomes a different conversation. Why? Because all of a sudden, in my face are things that I have to determine, do I really need that or is this a want? It's an entire conversation that I'm having in aisle 12 by myself to decide if I care about that product enough to buy it, bring it home, use it. Am I going to really use this? Is this going to matter next week? And that's what I've decided. Now, what does that have to do with being a caregiver again? If you care about anything, usually we have a conversation with ourselves about how we are going to execute that care. So have you thought about what you care about today? Probably not. Most people don't think about what they care about. Most people get up, go to work, they go through the routine, they do what they do, and um, they act like they don't care, but they care when they find out bad news. Oh, they care if they find out that the company is closing. They care 
if they find out that they're being terminated via hearsay, but they haven't found out for sure. See, we don't realize how much we care until we're challenged to, to care. Here's the thing. I came up with this for myself. It has helped me in these 22 and a half years of caregiving. I promote that because do I think I'm a pro at caregiving? No, but I know what I know. And that's what I tell people. All caregiving varies. All caregiving is different. Everybody cares differently. So how you care and for what you care, it's going to vary with me. In other words, we could have the same type of situation at large, meaning you could have a parent with Alzheimer's. I could have a parent with Alzheimer's. That's not my situation. But let's say there are two people who have parents with Alzheimer's. Both parents are in their 90s, and they are the primary and sole caregiver. The situations seem exactly the same. But because we're talking about two different people, the way they choose to care is going to be different. There are so many factors, so many factors that challenge us to care differently. Well, what do you mean factors? Well, let's start with finances. <laughs> finances are always uh, usually the primary motivation as to how people execute care. Yeah, because that's why people can hire caregivers. Well, for those that can. If you cannot, email me, connect at, you got this, Lorraine Carroll. That's L-O-R-R-A-I-N-E, right. I had a lady say, wait a minute, how do you spell your name again? Two R's, two R's, two L's. So that's Lorraine Carroll. That's all you have to remember. Two R's, two R's, two L's. Because some people are leaving off an L, then I don't get your email, and then you're upset, and I have to beg you to send it again. Let's skip all of that. Connect at LorraineCarroll.com. If you're having trouble finding help, if you need resources, if you're trying to figure this out and you feel alone, email me. That's what this show is about. I'm here to support caregivers that actually are in the medical industry of caregiving for family, friends. But then again, I'm here to support anybody who cares because I live in a world, a society, not just America, but globally, where we're dealing with a massive spirit called apathy. I'm not the first one to identify it, but now more than ever, I see it everywhere. I've been looking at it in my face for almost 30 years, but now more than ever, selfishness is on the rampage. Selfishness is the source of apathy. It is the primary reason people don't care because they're selfish. Think about it. If you need support, if you need someone to care and you can't get anyone to do that for you, whether it's assist you, whether it's running the errand for you, whether it's babysit, they'll make excuses, but ultimately they don't really care. That's hurtful. It's offensive. It can hurt our feelings, but the truth of the matter is they don't care. So what should you do? First of all, forgive. Well, that's not always easy either. For those of us that are Christians, we don't really have that one as an option. <laughs> I tell people all the time, compare Jesus's commands to mm, side orders. It's like, here are your choices and you're supposed to take one. Did you catch that? Now, you don't have to. Did you realize that when you go to a fast food restaurant, you can decline the side order even though it comes with the meal? 
Yes, it's very much like that with forgiveness, with love. Yes, there are some things the Lord told us to do while he was on the earth. Forgive, that one is the root that is coupled next to the root of I don't care. See, most people have a grudge against someone or something. What is your grudge against today? Is it a person? Usually I say it's a noun, person, place, or thing. Your grudge that you're holding what is your grudge against? Someone? Did, did someone do something, say something? Um, maybe it's a thing, such as politics. Politics are a thing. Yeah, politicos, the people. Yeah, if you group them all together, it could be one politician. But politics are a thing, a place, a place. You can hold a grudge against a place. I talked to a guy the other day, and I asked him, you know, where are you from? And he didn't want to talk about it. And about the fifth time when he didn't tell me, I said, I've noticed you haven't told me where you're from. I don't want to talk about it. I said, oh, okay, got it. Why? I didn't know. So I asked the Lord, what was that about? A lot of times, if you take a moment to care, you can discover what people don't care about in regards to your life. So for him in that conversation, in that moment, he didn't care. He didn't feel it was important to talk about from where he was in my beautiful sunny San Diego, because oftentimes I'll ask people that because they're from climates where it becomes negative three. I have yet to experience that. Sorry, born and raised in San Diego. I've been to the snow. I've been in the snow, (laughs) but I didn't have to live that life every day of wondering, is it going to be negative six, negative two, Uh, Four degrees outside. No, I I didn't have that life. I was blessed and privileged to grow up in California where pretty much here in San Diego, it's about 67 year round. (laughs) And that's what I call the sunshine tax. Now, back to these grudges. So sometimes we hold grudges against a person, a place, or a thing. That's usually because we have not forgiven it, the person, the place, the thing, So the first thing you have to do in order to care is actually forgive. And I realized, even for myself, whenever my caregiving is a little off, it's usually because I'm holding some some kind of grudge, and I have to acknowledge it. I have to say, this is so annoying. I can't stand doing this. See, I identify the grudge. Even if I'm talking to myself, I told you it was easy for me. I was an only child. It's not a problem. It's not an issue to talk to yourself. Talk it out. And if you don't want to do it that way, just bring the Lord into the conversation. Although you can't see the spirit of God, God is the spirit. Yeah, you worship him in spirit and in truth. So if you do that, tell the truth to the spirit of God. And you'll find out sooner or later it works. It has worked for me for many years in my salvation. So Tell the truth to yourself. Yes, admit. I can't stand doing this. This is so annoying. Oh, my mother is on my nerves today. Now, that one I usually take to the Lord. And I say, what are you going to do about her? And then he'll say to me, what are you going to do about you? And I go, ooh, ooh, okay, okay. (laughs) See, the strong bear the infirmities of the weak. My mother is the weak one in this case. Are you the strong one or are you the weak one in your case? Most times we're the weak one, but we don't want to admit it. Nobody wants to say, yeah, I'm the weak one. And every now and then you'll get those people who are, I call them pretty bold, and they'll admit it. Yeah, it's me. But rarely do we see people that will admit it's 
them, that it's their fault, that they're the one in error. Do you know people like that? They don't want to be wrong. I'm sure some of you went, oh, yeah, it's my husband. Um, Some of you said, yeah, my coworker, he can never be wrong. He always thinks he's right. Mm, Some of you have said, my children, they don't want to listen to me. I had a lady tell me the other day, I have six daughters. None of them want to listen to me. How did you end up listening to your mom? I said, well, as I told her why I take care of my mom and the cause, because of the great love and attention and things she did for me growing up. She wasn't perfect. She didn't always get it right. But her heart, like I told the lady, made me feel like a million bucks. And those seeds were able to grow. And sometimes if you don't plant the seeds when the children are young enough, parents are expecting these big, humongous harvests where they didn't plant. And I left it at that because I didn't want to judge the lady. But I told her it's never too late to go get new seeds and plant them. Might take a while for them to grow. But, hey, prayer can expedite that. So, Always make sure you put Jesus in the conversation. There's always room for the Lord. The light can shine. Just turn it on. One of the things we do on Carrying the Burden is try to help you understand that caring is not just about the other person. It is about you because caring begins with you. So when the lady asked me, you know, what should she do because her daughters don't listen, I said, how about stop telling them what to do? They're grown women. And she got really quiet. I said, how about asking them some questions? Let them talk for a change. And she kind of looked at me almost like she was offended. Like, how dare you tell me how to talk to my daughters? I was like, hey, lady, you brought it up. So many times parents don't want to admit that they're at fault. But subconsciously, you're holding grudges against the children that you raised because they're not doing it your way. My mom watched this. She watched an awesome documentary, actually, on the Rad Pack, because Tony Bennett passed away recently, as many of you know. But my mom is a little more biased to Frank. So she chose to watch a documentary on Frank by himself as well, apart from the Rat Pack. And she was surprised to learn some things about his life. I said, you only saw him by way of presentation, Mother. You didn't have a relationship with him. So sometimes when we're on the outside looking in, like looking inside of the lives of others, like caregivers, it's easy for us to judge, easy for us to assume, easy for us to conclude, easy for us to say, you know what, I I would do this. You know, Lorraine, you're doing too much. I think what you should do, and I always tell them, so when are you volunteering now to come and take care of my mom while I go on vacation? You said next week? And all of a sudden... As I'm laughing, they drop the subject because I'm dead serious. If you're going to tell me how to do it, then you come do it first and then get back to me. Because if you're not doing the care, if you're not good at caring and you don't even have a parent to relay caregiving or to share with, uh, let's say share care, then slow down, have some compassion, and listen more, talk less. My grandma used to say two ears, one mouth for a reason, right? Listen more, talk less. Because most times, most of us, like I said, we don't want to be told what to do. And so the burdens that we have, usually because of the problems that we're enduring, come from not listening. And not listening is pretty much disobedience. It doesn't matter if it's a boss, if it's a friend, if it's the Lord. If someone gives you solid, sound advice, 
And then you don't want to receive it. You don't want to take it. You don't want to hear it. You don't want to listen. But you want solid advice, yet you don't want to receive it. You've been given the truth. It's up to you. If you want to live in denial, walk around and act like you didn't hear the truth about you uh, because someone told you about you. They said, you are a little angry. You're a little edgy. Your temperament is a little impatient. And if you don't want to hear that, you're probably not going to change. That goes for me. And that goes for the person for whom I care, my mom. At 80 years old with right brain damage of 70%, eh, she's probably not really going to change too much in her tendency. So I decided, what can I do to adjust? Because otherwise, she's going to wear me down. My Bible says the strong bear the infirmities of the weak. I'm the strong one here. I have to tell the Lord, I know what your word says. So God, what do I do? And he says, just obey. And I'm like, wait a minute. She's the mom. I'm the daughter. Obey what? He was like, obey me. I was like, oh, I get it. It reminded me of the old hymn. Remember that one, Trust and Obey? A lot of people remember that hymn. Even if you can't sing, you probably remember it. And one of the things that I like about it is this part. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. And here's the contingency, to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. So when I find myself frustrated, annoyed, disturbed, irritated, oh, I have a list of adjectives that I can become. Even as a caregiver, yes, anybody that cares about anything, like I told you, if you're watching sports, and that person that you really enjoy watching play that sport does something wrong or bad, do you not yell out? Do you not get frustrated? Even for the most quiet guys, they kind of clench. Their faces might even turn (laughs) a little bitter. Because why? Disappointment sets in. There's even a form of rejection. Rejection of what? Of the idea and the hope that you had for that player You wanted that player to do a thing a certain way, execute it a certain way. You wanted them to do what you wanted. It's like that for us as caregivers that actually take care of someone else, whether it's your children or your older, senior, disabled parents, cousins, brothers, all kinds of caregivers out there, whether they have titles or have acknowledged that they are a caregiver. So, We all get caregiver problems, whether we act like we care or not. Did you catch that? So if you're giving care, if you're providing care, if you are about the share care life is what I call it, uh, you better believe that at some point you're going to get frustrated. How? Why? Because most of us don't want to uh, listen. If you listen, that's half of the lesson to obedience. Many of us run red lights if we drive. We know what the law is, but if we can get away with it, we will because we want what we want and we want it now. We want to hurry up and get home and watch that game. So, hey, nobody's around. It's a matter of integrity, right? Sure it is. But you run the light. You know the law. But when and if you get caught is the only time you feel liable. Now, watch this. You might feel guilty. But you might not feel liable unless you're what? Trusting in the Lord and obeying the Lord. Because the Lord told you to obey the laws of the land. But let's say you don't know that scripture. Well, I do. And I just told you. So government is in place for a reason. Now, I don't want to get into politics. You can get over to our FM station about that. You can listen to the answer. But over here on K-Praise, one of the things I want to make sure you understand is this is Christian-based theories that I give you 
straight from the Bible, straight from my own life. I'm a good little Christian is what my mom calls me. And what does that mean? It means I'm striving in the Lord to obey. That is one of the most difficult things to do as a caregiver. But as a person, children don't want to obey. Spouses don't want to obey. Obey is a heavy word. It really is. But if you take out the bitterness, if you take out your stereotypes, if you just relax and take a look and even a listen right now to what obey means, it's not that bad. It just means to comply or basically follow the commands. Remember I told you Jesus gave us commands. They're pretty simple, but most of us just won't comply. One of my favorites is love because that's the one he said. He said that's the greatest. I mean, George Benson had a hit song. Whitney Houston made it humongous, right? The greatest love of all. Well, I, I sat and I pondered that song for years. It came out when I was a kid. But guess what? The greatest love of all for me is the Lord making the sacrifice for me, Lorraine, to be a Christian. And one of those sacrifices was dying on the cross, the punitive way, so that he could be the ultimate sacrifice for when I don't want to obey. Yes, Lorraine does not want to obey. I know, might seem hard to believe. Oh, many days I don't want to obey, trust me. I don't want to forgive another command of Jesus, my mother. Nope, don't want to because I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I have my moments as a caregiver, it's real. However, in my prayer time, I take deep breaths. I know some people like to sit on the floor with their palms facing up. I don't judge your posture. I don't judge your choice. But my choice is to do it the Lord's way. And I have a Bible that says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, rejoice. Find a way to have some joy even in the worst situations like cleaning up poo. Uh, Yeah, I said it like cleaning up poo. Ooh, that one's heavy, right? Yeah, I've learned. I tell my mom it's a joke we have. I said, I'm breathing through my mouth. Otherwise, I'm going to die. She knows what that means. It's our joke. I hope you caught it. Because when you're cleaning poo, it can be toxic. So in the meantime, for the people that can't handle that, you can turn now. But for those of us that have to deal with the real, meaning in caregiving, it's not going to always be what you want it to be. It's not going to go the way you always want it to go. And most of all, in caregiving, you're not going to always get people to see it your way. I can try to coax, and I can try to persuade, and I can try to encourage my mother all I want. She's going to do it her way. (laughs) In other words, she's not going to obey. Moreover, she's a mom. She doesn't have to obey her daughter. Are you kidding? She's 80, and I tell her all the time, Mother, I respect your age. I honor you as my mother. But in order for me to survive today, I need you to comply. Can you try to comply? That's one of my mantras with her. Mom, try to comply, okay? She'll go, okay, five minutes later, doing what she wants, the way she wants to do it. Again, obedience is so simple, but it's very difficult to do. Very difficult to be obedient. Why? Because we want it our way. Nobody wants to follow commands. You know, even in the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments, uh, why do you think the people struggled so much? I think they were mm, just honestly rebellious against being told what to do. There are some people like that, you know. You tell them what to do, automatically they go into immediate what? Total polar opposite mode of defiance, rebellion, disrespect, ultimate. Because why? They are not trying to comply. 
Most people don't want to comply. Why? Because we're selfish. Did you get all of that Bible math in there? The scripture I looked at that was so simple to me and made so much sense to me, and I had to laugh because many of us learned it uh, along the way in life. It's Psalm 1. But I happened to look at the New Century Version, and that's what, that's what made me laugh. Happy are those who don't listen to the wicked, who don't go where sinners go, who don't do what evil people do. Who are the evil people? I say the evil people are the people that don't obey God. It's real simple, okay? Then I jump down to verse 4. Now, that's Psalm 1 and 1, right? Down at verse 4 in Psalm 1, I saw this. But wicked people are not like, like what? Oh, like the people that obey? Yeah, because the people that obey, they love the Lord's teachings. That's what verse 2 says. They meditate. So remember when I said that posture, I don't judge your posture. Whatever it takes for you to meditate on what God's, teachings are, that's what you need to do. So if that means sitting by a tree with a cup of coffee, fine. If that means going to the beach, watching the waves crash, so be it. Whatever it takes for you not to be wicked is what it takes. Because those people, let me tell you, they're going to get blown out of the water. Who? The people that don't obey. So when you have stress, pressure, problems, don't call me. Don't say, Lorraine, what am I supposed to do? I'm going to tell you, obey the Lord, because is not obedience better than sacrifice? Keep reading that Bible and keep listening to Carrying the Burden with me, Lorraine Carroll, right here. Every time you listen, be sure to connect at LorraineCarroll.com. Share the podcast with a friend. It's global, you know. Send it to a friend all the way in South America. Why not? You can do that with the podcast. Just send the link. In the meantime, email me, connect at LorraineCarroll.com. Let me know how you're feeling about this obedience thing. It's a tough way of life, but you can do it. Trust and obey. It'll be okay. You've been listening to Carrying the Burden with me, Lorraine Carroll, right here on KPRZ, 1210 AM, sunny San Diego. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.